Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, July 24th, 2017. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, uh, happy Shark Week. <gasps> Is it Shark Week? Are you a Phelps fan or the Shark fan? Dude, uh, Michael Phelps is not going to beat the shark. I mean, there's there's literally no chance of that happening unless they give him like a 75% of the course head start. But I just hope that the shark doesn't eat our most decorated Olympic athlete of all time. That would be some high shark, wouldn't it now? <laughs> not going anywhere near that one. He's a father now. I'm sure he's given that up. He's turned his life around. He's on the straight and narrow. I mean, he's better than Ryan Lochte, so. Well, he moved to Colorado. Oh, did he really? <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, Phelps Pharmacy. Um, so uh, how come Broadway has never gotten on to the whole Sharks and Nazis? I guess uh, the Sh- producers did that. Sharks and Nazis? Yeah, that's uh, the formula. Shark Week and Nazi Week over in... Uh, uh, is the not the History Channel? Who who does Shark Week? Which is which is the uh, Shark Week? Is, Shark Week is Discovery. I'm unfamiliar Discovery. with Nazi Week, though. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. Google it. Hold on a second. Sharks and Nazis. It's a Discovery Channel. That's like their formula for programming. <laughs> I guess I don't watch enough Discovery Channel. Sharks and Sharks and Nazis. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. I believe you. I just I'm, I'm unfamiliar with the programming concept. Yeah, I guess they pulled it off in the producers though, because they really used the uh, the Nazis to bring them in, you know, for uh, the show within the show. It's springtime for Hitler somewhere. It always is, isn't it? Now, so um, it's the slow summer. So let's start with uh, <laughs> let's start with this week's theatrical schedule. Yeah, we didn't really have a. Great top story. So let's just dive into the nitty gritty of the schedule tonight. The Young Vic revival of Cat on a Hot Tin Roof starring Sienna Miller and Jack O'Connell officially opens at the Apollo Theater in London. The show is scheduled to run through October 7th. Also tonight on your local CBS network. Laura Benanti will be a guest on the Colbert show. uh, One of three Broadway guests this week. While I wouldn't be surprised if Benanti reprises her Melania Trump with Colbert. She will, in fact, be sitting down as a guest with Stephen as well. As far as I know, she doesn't have anything to promote. She recently announced that she was not returning to Supergirl. I don't know of any shows officially that she's attached to to talk about. So unless something is announced later today, I guess they'll talk about her career, life on Broadway, and life as a new mother, which will be cool. But fingers crossed that something gets announced in time for them to discuss it when they re- they film that episode at, what, like 6 o'clock usually? Yeah. Um, also this week, Michael Moore and Sutton Foster will be on The Late Show on Wednesday, so set your DVRs accordingly. Then on Wednesday of this week, the Encore's off-center production of The Bubbly Black Girl Sheds Her Chameleon Skin, starring Tony winner Nikki M. James, begins its run at New York City Center. It will just run on Wednesday and Thursday. And I do want to thank our good friend uh, Rob Johnston, who reminded me that uh, there was, in fact, a cast recording. I don't think it was a cast recording. I think it was a, a recording that they did after the fact. Uh, I believe uh, Shikaboom did it, and it had the phenomenal LaShans uh, playing the lead role. And I did. I downloaded it off iTunes. So uh, I'm looking forward to giving that one a listen as well. Then on Thursday, the same night that Bobby Black Girl closes at Off Center, 
Also, the Muni star-studded production of The Unsinkable Molly Brown will close. The show, which began performances last Friday, is directed by Kathleen Marshall and stars Beth Malone, Mark Kudish, Justin Guarini, and Whitney Basher. And as we've discussed, James, this production has long been in development with both Marshall and Malone. I mean, predating the fun home days. So it's been chugging along for quite a while. I haven't heard any particularly strong rumors um, about this continuing to set its sights on Broadway as we'd heard you know a year or so ago but this would seemingly be to me a good option for a not-for-profit company looking to program a somewhat out-of-the-box classic with some fairly big Broadway names. Uh, also, James, we will have highlights of the Muni production in the show notes at broadwayradio.com if people want to have a look at that. And I think we're going to be talking about this production a little bit later this week, so stay tuned to this very, very podcast feed. And then previously mentioned Michael Moore will be on Colbert. His Broadway show, Terms of My Surrender, directed by Michael Mayer, begins previews at the Belasco Theater uh, on Friday July 28th. It is scheduled to play on Broadway through October 22nd. Also on Friday, the short weekend run of Mamma Mia at the Hollywood Bowl kicks off, starring Sugarland star and former Broadway Roxy Hart Jennifer Nettles, along with Jane the Virgin star and former Broadway Billy Flynn, Jaime Camille, as well as Hairspray Live's Dove Cameron, my personal Broadway Usnavi Corbin Blue, along with the great Leah Delaria, Hamish Linkletter, and Steven Weber, who somehow has never played Billy Flynn anywhere, as far as I know. Uh, as well as sitcom star uh, Tisha Campbell-Martin. That show just runs through Sunday. And then, James, also on Sunday closing, the original off-Broadway production of Attack of the Elvis Impersonators closes at Theater Row. The show was originally supposed to run later into the fall, but announced it would be closing early at month's end last week. James, when we first read this description, I was so giddy and intrigued by it. Um, I think that's probably putting it a little lightly. So I'm sorry to see that it didn't have a better run off-Broadway running for just under two months. But hopefully I'll get to see it in a regional production soon. I, I think this might be one that just on name – uh, intrigue alone will get some productions around the country. Uh, I flip back to um, you had mentioned that the yes, Muni, uh, the Muni, um, unsinkable Molly Brown, going to have highlights in the show notes. That's the videos from Broadway World, right? Yes, they are. They are video highlights, and it's a about three and a half minute um, B roll clips. But it's really cool. Like I, it's funny to see um, Beth Malone in this role because I think we're so used to seeing her as Alison Bechtel, yeah. that someone who is so the opposite of the quiet, introverted, intellectual Alison Bechtel, this big over-the-top Molly Brown, it's really, really cool to kind of see her doing something different. And the cast is great, and um, I, I guess we're recording this obviously on Sunday night. Saturday night's performance, James, they had to do what they occasionally have to do at outdoor theaters. <laughs> they had to pause for rain. I don't think they finished the show till like after one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning. And it was like it was like record heat. It was like one hundred and eleven in St. Louis. So I give so much props to anybody who works at any outdoor theater in the summer, but especially at the Muni, which is St. Louis is insanely hot. I lived in I've, I've lived in Kansas. I've lived in Illinois there in that same general area and it gets so hot and humid in the summer so congrats to everybody out there and i've got my fingers crossed that something happens from this production because it's a show we don't get to see very often and to see this kind of cast in it is pretty neat so i wonder if she has passed the bechtel test i don't know that i don't know the show well enough to say <laughs> um but perhaps there are scenes with her and whitney batcher's character where they don't seem to be talking about a man so i think so i'm down with that <laughs> All right. What's up in the show and casting news? 
Well, James, tomorrow, Playwrights Horizons begins rehearsals for the New York premiere of Tony nominee and two-time Pulitzer Prize finalist Sarah Rule's new play for Peter Pan on her 70th birthday. Directed by Obi winner Les Waters, the play stars Tony nominees Kathleen Chalfant and Daniel Jenkins, as well as David Chandler, Ron Crawford, Lisa Emery, and Keith Redden. The show has a really kind of interesting premise. I like it, and it definitely falls in line with the Peter Pan mythos. The press notes read, quote, playing Peter Pan at her hometown children's theater is one of Anne, played by Shao Fan's fondest memories. Now, 50 years later, Neverland calls again, casting her and her siblings back to this faraway dreamscape where the refusal to grow up confronts the inevitability of growing old. Rules Return to Playwrights Horizons is a tender, yearning tale that flies in the face of time in the search for a second youth. Previews begin in the company's main stage on August 18th with the production scheduled to run through Sunday, October 1st. And then, James, apparently, I don't watch um, uh, Bravo's Watch What Happens live all that often. It's past my bedtime. But apparently on Thursday night, Queen Latifah dropped a little bit of gossip and that she had been offered the chance to star in a recent Broadway show that eventually went on to win some Tony Awards. She didn't actually name the show, but I want to ask your opinion of that here in a second. However, she did say that the schedule just didn't allow her to, to participate, although she wanted to. She did say, however, that she would like to come to the Broadway stage sometime fairly soon, but it has to not only work with her other commitments in terms of her schedule, but she also wants to get herself ready to do it properly. She said, quote, I would love to do Broadway, actually, but it just would have to be the right project. I would just have to have the time. I'm very serious about Broadway. I'm not going to play around with that. As we know, Queen Latifah has done a number of of theater-related screen projects from Chicago and Hairspray um, to The Wiz Live. So I think it's about time she actually steps on the Broadway stage. James, do you have any thoughts as to what this property that was proposed to her might have been? <sighs> I'm thinking it's got to be Amelie. <laughs> That's funny. That's very funny. Um, I, I w- my first thought was, was maybe she would have done – uh, Suge Avery in the color purple. Um, although, you know, Queen Latifah and, and Jennifer Hudson are both huge stars. So, um, I don't know if one would have been the A choice or the B choice or whatever, but that could have been interesting. I've also heard that there have been conversations about her potentially doing, um, Hello Dolly. So not that she was the first choice and Bette Midler was the backup, but Mm, maybe there was talk of her of doing, you know, maybe some type of different type of alternate role, um, than Donna Murphy is currently doing. Maybe Maybe she's going to vacation. Maybe. Um, So that could be really interesting. I think Queen Latifah is an incredibly interesting human being and artist. And to have that kind of star power and creativity on Broadway, I think, can only be good for everybody. All right. Uh, So in the recommendation section, let's talk about the uh, handful of things we have here. All right, James, this is one that when you sent this over to me, I, I'm going to read this the way you said it. But so I, you can edit it out if you don't want this type of language. There is real estate porn in the Times. Did you see the Blankenbuehler story about his apartment? Um, <laughs> they do this thing in The New York Times where they occasionally go in and visit the home of some star that lives in New York, take pictures, talk about their home. They're decorating their life in this place. And the one they used in The Times recently was Andy Blankenbuehler's home in Harlem. It has a really really cool look at his apartment along with his wife and they talk about it and all that stuff. Um, for those of us that live in outside of New York, it's kind of hard to understand 
kind of the nitty gritty of what living in New York life is and to kind of see this as like, oh, yeah, that's a place that you can get for like a thousand bucks and uh, and a lot of other places in the country. But it's obviously a really, really nice. Um, it's actually that's I'm kidding, of course, because it's really, really gorgeous, has exposed brick in these stairs and everything. But he's got a um, dance studio in his apartment. Well, I mean, he's Andy Blankenbuehler. Of course it does. But funny. there's a. There's a there's a there is a gallery like I was I was gonna say that that includes that um, as well and there's some other really cool things and nice white modernist stuff. There's a really weird uh, thing of a kettle and then it has all of his hats. He, I guess he's a fedora guy. I won't pass judgment on him um, for being a fedora guy, Dancer. but he does have. Yeah, he's uh, he's got a dance studio, nice picture with his daughter in there as well. So if you want to check that out and be jealous that you don't have the space um, to do that as well, uh, we'll have the link in the show notes. Sticking with the New York Times, another article that seems fairly interesting is is by a a New York Times um, contributor author that you know very well, uh, or not personally, but somebody that you have been a fan of for a long time. And the article is looking at the history of serving hard liquor in Broadway theaters. I guess that's something that is is uh, happening over at at the Hudson Theater with 1984, which you might need based off how you deal with the graphic torture on stage. Um, but James Barron, who I guess used to do a, a New York Times podcast that you loved, um, kind of looks through that and kind of goes through the history of that, talking about things like Paramore and, and On the Town and, and how the Ambassador Theater Group kind of does things a little differently coming from the UK. So um, if you're a big fan of hard booze and Broadway, pretty good article to check out. Now, the next thing that we're going to talk about. <laughs> it's my favorite thing in the world right now. It's my favorite thing in the world. Oh, thank God, oh, James. I, I can't. I don't it's know so how good. we're going to talk about it. How, how are we possibly going to talk about okay. it? Okay. Here's what it is. This is a video. I have no idea who created it. James has some theories as to who it might be. Um, and I only know about it because – Dear Evan Hansen star Ben Platt tweeted it out, um, and I probably wouldn't have enjoyed it as much if I didn't know that Ben also enjoyed it as much as I did. But it is somebody who has very well dubbed himself um, singing um, Waving Through a Window from, a, I think, Seth Meyers show appearance and just dubbed it over Ben singing it. And let's just say the singing is not quite as musically – attractive as when uh ben sings it it's awful it's very much um it's similar to the vein of like miranda sings but it, what's different about it from miranda sings is that it's like it's still kind of on pitch but it's not just the fact that it's bad singing it's that there are some really hysterical acting choices that the singer makes in this video it is so good uh james maybe you can throw in a little clip before we head out because it is hysterical i saw it the first time i was like huh. I'm cynical. I don't like things. And I just watched it like four straight times and cackled hysterically because it is really, really funny. So I'm going to play a short clip on the way out, but I don't think it does it justice because if you're listening to it, you're like, oh, it's just a really bad singer. But you have to see yeah. the graphic. Oh. So go to the, the Broadway radio uh, uh, show notes and click on the YouTube video. The It's interesting because uh, it does – nobody has – as far as I know, stepped up publicly and claimed responsibility for putting this mashup together. Um, uh, but I have a feeling it's very similar to an, uh, 
a comedian named Eugene Merman, who is uh, a New York City, Brooklyn-based mm-hmm. comedian who uh, has done a bunch of things. And I don't know if he actually lives in New York anymore, but uh, I've seen Eugene Merman before. And this seems very much like him. I don't know if it is him or not, but it's in that, that, that genre, that vein. And so, very cool. uh, but you might want to, you know, <laughs> want to yeah. see this maybe somewhere where you're not going to embarrass yourself because you're going to burst out laughing. It's, it's not dirty at all. It, it's safe for work, no. but it, but it's just, it, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to laugh. All right. So, uh, why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter at BWW Matt and subscribe to Some Mega Pop on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for starting off the week with us. And Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. Oh, I tried to speak, but nobody cares. So I wait around for an answer to a beer. Call and watch, watch, watching people pass. Why not? Through a window. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo.